Hi, welcome back to Tep Talk, where we talk Tep. Uh, yes. How many cameras is too many cameras? And do can we discern which little camera does what? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so excited to unpack that. I, um, Ted, do you want to talk about the dinner? No. There's also right phone ring. Well, how many rings are there? And whatever happened to the old da da na 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 Oh, I love that one. I like... <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But Ted, um, maybe we should just talk a little bit about the dinner laptop. Does anyone use their lap for them anymore? Because I find it gets too hot. And we're going to get to that. But Ted, I do think maybe we should just, don't you think we should maybe talk about the, just the dinner for two seconds? Top 10 billionaire body types. The barrel, the twisted hook. Deep sea creature. Egg with muscles. Shout out Bezos. Bunched up sheets under comforter. Shout out Bill Gates. Soft serve in a suit. Shout out Warren Buffett. Wild tuber. Shout out Elon. Praying mantis of death. Shout out Peter Thiel. Yeah, and we're going to get to all that, but Ted, I just think for the listeners, though, Ted, maybe we should just say a few words about the dinner. I don't want to. I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to talk about dinner, too. Let's start the show. Tap Talk, your number one source for weekly tap news information and gossip. I am one of your hosts, Tap Tim. So excited to talk tap, tap, tap on this week's episode. I am Tap Ted. Yep. So I will just say, because I believe in transparency and because I believe in delivering on our promises, I just, look, a lot of listeners are going to be saying, I, I happen to know a lot of Corey's fans are listening now um, yes. to catch all the funny references in the songs. Ha ha ha. Even if they're listening ironically, they might want to know, didn't Ted have a big dinner with his E father, estranged father last week and his new stepbrother Kyle where they met and blah, 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 blah. Did we talk about that? I think we mentioned it once or twice. Yeah. Do we need to? To go over this, I Ted, feel like it's just Ted. Yes, Mr. Teddo, share the load, Ted. Okay, right now you're making the bliss face as Mr. Frodo. Yeah, I'm going, oh, 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 and I'm Sam because you can't get there and I'm going to help you finish. Okay, we're just going to get this out of the way really quick. Okay, two seconds, honestly, and then we're going to go back to the tap. I just want to, for the duty, I just want to check it off the list. I just want to tell everyone dinner went great. Great, a couple surprises. But that's life. <laughs> that is life. You know, we know this from Tep life. You buy that phone and you think everything's going to be perfect. I love this phone. I can't wait to see how well this phone sort of ages with time. You know, mm, and I'm, yeah. I'm excited to be a new phone owner. And sometimes you buy a phone thinking, oh, I'm going to get like a fish finder app and use it for finding fish. I'm going to use it to like look up fishing spots and use Google Maps to go fishing and do fishing stuff. Right. But, you know, the phone wants to do what the phone does. The phone's like looking up how to paint mini figurines. And then one day, you know... Your wife leaves you. And then you're stuck with this phone. Yeah, and you're stuck with this phone. Even though you got the phone because you thought that's what she wanted. Well, yeah, she said that's what she wanted. She said, I, I really, you know, I want to start a phone with you. You know, I see us yeah. I see us starting a phone together and, and you're just left with that phone. You blame the phone. Yeah, well, in a way, you know, you blame the phone. And in, in another way, you want to protect the phone from ever feeling the way you feel. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to get you an otter case and chuck you around even though it makes you twice the size and you don't fit in my pockets at all yeah but gd you're not gonna leave me or crack because i put you in such a tough otter case yeah well can't breathe in a tough otter case can you phone overheats phone overheats then one day the phone you know when it's reached that point in its 
life cycle where it doesn't need to go to your house anymore. It just doesn't. Just doesn't. I mean, why would it? And suddenly you look back on your phone and you're like, why is my phone so cracked and angry? I did everything I could to protect it. And it's like, yeah, that's why. And like, there are other stories for other phones, different kinds of phones who like people buy them. And maybe it turns out they had a lot of different phones in a lot of towns they forgot about. Yeah. Because they traveled around as a traveling phone preacher. Sure. You know, when your job requires you to sort of check out different places, I mean, you can kind of have different phones in different towns. Yeah, different phone numbers and different phones don't know about each other, maybe. And then maybe your wife finds out about these other phones and she's like, you didn't tell me you had a different phone. It's just interesting. I think you got a whole bunch of old phones around multiple towns. Which one do you just end up keeping, you know? Yeah. As a phone, you sort of say, that's okay. I don't need you in my life. And then, you know, eventually, Eventually, someone brings the phone in to ID the body, you know, I guess in this case. Maybe the doctors are phones too. It's like Brave Little Toaster, I think. It'd be like if at the end of Brave Little Toaster, the, the boy died at college and they had to bring in all of his appliances to identify the body. Yeah. And like the cremation machine sings a song. Probably like the cars. Yeah, I think it'd be very much like the cars, like crisp, 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 time to burn him up or something to that effect. I think the stethoscope is probably kind of sexy. Definitely. Definitely a nurse. Yeah, and I think the first thing that went wrong at dinner is... We stayed in the car a little too long, I think. I mean, okay, this is how the dinner went, and, and just in brief. Very brief. I don't want to spend the whole episode talking about this. That's the last thing I want. Great. Okay, so we got to the beach shack. We rolled up in Gareth slash Chris Pepper's van. Yes. And we were planned to stay in the car for a while because, you know, if the mountain won't come to M, then... Bring, I wanted them to come to us. But I do think we kind of overplayed our hand there, largely because, and I, this is something that I let myself off the hook for, my seatbelt got stuck. I couldn't get out. It took a while to cut you out of the seat. Because of the pillows. I had overstuffed. Right. And so when Gerald was cutting you out of the seatbelt. And he punctured one of my pillows. That was a kind of like, well, why are you wearing so many pillows? Sort of a moment. Classic. A fourth wall break, if you will. I'm sorry that like the first time you saw your dad in 20 years, I was screaming for help because I was stuck in the car and he had to go and cut me out with big garden shears. Oh, that's okay. You know, we can pivot. I think at this point, you know, it's still salvageable. I rolled with it pretty well, right? I was like, oh, oh, Gerald, I haven't been pinned like this since I found myself in the corner with a very tipsy John Maynard Keynes at the Christmas party of 1936. I haven't felt this squeezed and purple since Roland Barth had been a death grip. I haven't been this uncomfortable since Gertrude Stein suggested we see how many of us we could fit inside a telephone booth. And, um... I felt like I stayed in character pretty well. I think it was kind of trickier once the uh, feathers started coming out of the pillows. Well, they really did come out. Shout out Darby. Nice pillows. Goose down. Also, Darby, that's where your pillows went. And you're not getting them back. No, they're cut up. That's the tip talk guarantee. You know, that wasn't, it was a rocky start. It was a rocky start. But once you'd stopped hyperventilating and we got you on the grass and gave me a Coke, you know, you settled down. Now, Ted, I guess at this point, I place a little bit of blame on your dad because... He just was crying and being so weepy and... The vibe was off because he was saying, you know, I'm so sorry, geez, I, I'm so grateful you came. Look how you've grown. And I was crying. As a joke, yeah. Well, I had to, I mean, this comes from the stage, match energy for energy, mm, right? Yes. I wasn't going to let him upstage me. So I too <laughs> jumped into the foray. I have trod the planks before, my friend. Yes, I know. Um, Shout out the tax so man. Here's what I did. He was crying, oh, well, I'm so sorry. I just, I apologize so much. I'm so grateful you came. And I was like, <laughs> you piece of ass, you dirty 
bad loser. And then I slapped him, slap, 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 repeatedly in the face, slowly, fast, faster, until he grabbed my wrist and I grabbed his wrist. And then we, we kind of tumbled and grappled for a while. Shout out Tom Della Tom, because he does sort of live at the bottom of a hill and we were parked at the top mm. until it became sort of like a, a sad, teary hug, you know, mm. and I'm like, oh. I didn't want to see you again. I can't believe I even showed up. You know, I'm so grateful you came. Oh, I can't believe you're here. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought it was so funny the way it started as like this confrontation. And then you were just like laughing and crying and hugging each other for so long and just both saying how grateful you were. And well, I wanted to lull him into a false sense of security. Exactly. For the joke. And it was so funny. And frankly, I think you bought me some cover Ted, which thank you, because he was so distracted by that that I was able to kind of shove some of the pillows back into my jacket and kind of right myself. You recovered very quickly back into character. Well, once I had a Coke and got my tummy settled, I was right back on top. And then, I mean, shout out. Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. Not how I expected him. No, I'll admit this to the Tep Talk listener. I had Kyle painted in my head in a certain light. Yes, I did a too. A certain... Uh, petulant, teen, uh, aggressive, sort of teen, classic, archetypical sort of, sort of shadow sun type situation. Yeah, like a, oh, who's this little fucking shit? Get out of my room, you piece of shit. I'm going to fart on your pillow. <laughs> Whoever smelled a Delta, little shit. <laughs> Can't even ollie. Do a grind, do a grind. Oh, he fell over. Oh, he hurt himself. That was what I was sure he would be. Yeah. Turns out he's like quite a bit older and he, what does he do, marketing? Uh, yeah, or real estate. I can't, it's one yeah, of the two. Yeah, something business related. Yeah. I mean. Beautiful hands. Yeah. Really. Beautiful yeah. hands. And hair. And <gasps> His hair. His hands. When he, and when hair. He, when he came to the door, I was like. Oh, Gerald hired like a, a model. That's cool. Yeah, like a fancy butler. Yeah, with right. Swept back hair. Just tussled enough to be like, yeah, I'm in the boardroom, but I'm also in the bedroom, if you know what, what I mean. Rang a dang <laughs> I dong. I wasn't going to say it. Rang a dang dong. I literally said rang a dang dong when I saw him. Yeah, and he was, I think he was kind of confused. Well, the first thing Kyle said was, um, what's daddy creamers? Because we had driven there in our daddy's ice cream truck van. True. And, and I'm on the ground at this point, sort of crying, hugging Gerald. And I'm there, I'm witnessing this specimen of Kyle and I sort of grabbed his shin right. from the ground, still crying yeah. and tugged at his beautiful suit of pants oh, until he was down at my head in, in the puddle of people. And, and I said, you must, you must be Kyle. And I, I hugged him so tight, so tight, crying. Yeah. Because I, I knew he was part of this as well. You know, whatever his story was, whatever he had gone through, you know, with Gerald, I knew he was part of this moment. So I grabbed him and I said, I'm, I'm Ted. I'm so grateful to meet you, Kyle, finally. And Daddy Creamers is a very profitable business. Very profitable. Yep. And then I, and then I just kissed him on his cheek. Yeah. I believed it when you said it. It will be a profitable business It will be a profitable business. I mean, it's true at some point in time, not necessarily Very. at this point in time. And at this point, things were going great. I mean, look, we had had a little bit of a hiccup with the getting me stuck in the van. A little bit of a hiccup of rolling down the hill into a hug. Well, but then that turned into this beautiful reunion and everything was just on track. This is when I did a delicate little actor's ahem. <clears throat> 
<clears throat> Eventually, I think I hemmed loud enough that they noticed me, and I mean, to the point where they sort of said, is your friend okay? And that was my cue, and I said, I'm not his friend, I'm this boy's father. You were sort of running down the hill as you said it, so it might have been lost in the jiggle. Okay, yeah, because they seemed a little confused when I got there, and I fell, and then I did fall again, shout out Tom, and then once I landed and planted and got my stuffing back in and everything, I, I got close enough that I was able to shove my fleshy hand into Gerald's fist and say, you must be the Gerald I've heard so much about. Not all good, I'm afraid. <laughs> Although, of course, as a father, I know it's not always easy, is it? Lord knows Ted's given me some trouble. I'm the professor, Ted's other father. Yeah. Which I thought went pretty well. Sure. I think they, I think they bought it. They didn't give me much as a performer. No. He certainly seemed shocked. Definitely seemed shocked. Mission accomplished there. Now, granting that that went well, here's one of the first things I can acknowledge didn't go so well. When he asked, what did you say your name was? We never settled on a name for me. No. We were just calling me the professor. And then when I said Ted, that was just kind of an impulse thing. Mm. And he seemed a little confused where he said, like my son. And I said, like my son. And he said, you have the yeah. same name as Ted. And I said, Gerald, fathers name their sons after themselves all the time. Yeah. And I think that was a bit confusing because Gerald was like, wait, you also have a son named Ted? And I said, no, Ted is my son. And he said, I know, which, t who's Ted? And I said, this is Ted right here. Yeah, and Gerald was like, that's my son. How hard is it to understand? My name's Ted, my son's name is Ted because I respect him, I gave him my name. Maybe if you loved him so much, you would have given him your name. And he said, but I did name him Ted. How could you name him Ted too? Who are you again? Yeah, right. And at that point, I'm just like, oh my gosh. I figured it was redirection time. I, we could change the sort of spotlight of focus at that point just to give you a bit more time to rehearse. So I said... Kyle, geez, you look pretty flashy. What do you do? And I also just genuinely wanted to know what Kyle did. I did want to know what he does. Oh, my God. He yeah. looks like one of those guys who, like, works in an office building, and then after work you see him kind of, like, taking off his tie, and you're like, where is he going? Just home to relax? And he's like, huh, yeah. I'm actually playing a show downtown. You should check it out. And you're like, okay, well, I guess I could. My wife's out of town tonight and visiting her cousin. And you're like, right, right, you right. go, and yeah. you're like, oh, who's that rocking out on stage playing the guitar or the sax? And you're like, oh, my God, that's Kyle from work. Yeah, totally. Well, I didn't quite understand what he did for work. He said creative direction across multiple agencies with a focus on real estate uh, promotion and development. So I think maybe he... I don't know. Well, he did explain it, but I was sort of just looking at his tie. See, I was looking at his chin. But you know what was the best part about Kyle? What? No, go ahead. I, I know what I'm going to say. You tell me what you're going to say. He had a present for me. Oh, that was really, really good. I thought you were going to say his, like, the fit of his pants, like how they were perfectly tailored. Well, they were pretty good. That was a present to everyone. But this was a present to me. Yeah, so basically what happened, folks, is Kyle, I think it got a little bit weird because I think you and I were staring at Kyle and no one was really talking. And then I was kind of, I was sucking on my pipe. Well, I meant to suck and I blew instead. And so I blew a bunch of snuff out of my pipe, sort of at your dad by accident. Yeah. And then Gerald finally said, okay, well, um, whoever you are, let's go inside. So we all went inside and I was like, okay, scene two. Second. Act. I was prepared to hold forth on my experiences at Oxford, but Kyle stole the show with this present. He really did steal the show. You know, he said, Ted, I'm so grateful that I get to meet you and I'm sorry about the lost years, but I just wanted to break the ice and I, I, I heard you're a really interesting creative guy and so I got you this. Yeah. Kyle gave me a rain stick. I remember saying at that moment, wait, Kyle... You're a business genius and you find time to travel? 
Because I was like, where did he get this? He must have gone to Brazil or something like that. I thought he went to the Amazon and got it. Yeah. yeah. And I remember Kyle said, why are you talking like that? Because I I stopped talk- I accidentally talked like myself instead of the professor. It's hard to keep acting. The rain stick kind of cuts through things. It mesmerizes. Ready? Oh. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm getting, I'm getting chills. And I was so excited at that point. I was just like, oh my gosh, Kyle, that's so perfect. I have this song that's sort of about the spirit of Steve and like what he does at night. And that is going to be perfect. And um, yeah, you got kind of quiet then. Well, you know, I love your song about what Steve gets up to. Flying around. Sort of the things he does at night. Who he visits, what he does, you know, the presents he leaves behind, the way he squeezes your toe, or shakes and rattles that bed. Yeah. Shakes and rattles that bed. Oh, it's so funny. You're just like, woo! Here we go! Yeah, and then sometimes he just floats right over you. I think it's great. For Kyle, who had just given me a rain stick, you know, I felt like it was kind of a subject change. You're right. And Ted, I want to just say right now, I apologize for, I, I felt a little abandoned in that moment. Like, why isn't Ted backing me up on this amazing song and how good the rain stick is going to sound between verses? And I totally get you were comforting Kyle. Because you're right, Kyle's confused. Kyle is, even though he's super cool, probably doesn't know that much about the world. And like, you did a really good job of sort of taking his side there and being like, oh, <laughs> um, it's just a funny inside joke at work. Really funny. Well, and then Kyle said, well, where do you guys work? And and I said, that the Best Buy, we're father-son managers. And... At that point, Ted, we kind of split up. Yeah, I think that was a Kyle maneuver. He took you over into a corner, I think, to give Gerald and I some space. Well, and Gerald kind of pulled you away, too. He said, uh, what did he say? Like, oh, hey, Ted, I think I got these salmon the way you like them, but I, I, I can't quite remember. It's been such a long... You know, he started and got weepy, so then you had to go and comfort him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kyle pulled you into the corner of the living room, I assume, to talk biz, because you just sort of drop that about Best Buy. How did that go? I I mean, you know, Gerald and I was pretty standard, sort of, whoa, 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 miss you. Uh-huh, so much to catch up on. Oh, how do I even explain it? How yeah. do we even go back in time? Can we even go back into what matters is right now? Blah, blah, blah. Missed yeah. you so much. Who are you even? Can we even start there? Just tell me about yourself. That kind of boring POS sort of talk that was a joke. Well, Kyle kind of took me to the side and was like, so you work at the Best Buy. That's interesting. And he was like, oh, how long have you been doing that? And, I, you know, off the top of my head, I was just like, I don't know, 70 years. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, how old are you? And I said, a gentleman never asks. Right. And he said, you don't look that old. And I said, well, that would be because of my blonde hair. And then I sort of um, bowed to him and my Shirley Temple wig fell off. Right, right, yeah. And then I said, forgive an old man his vanity. Good cover. And then he kind of looked around and I think he kind of looked over to you. And then there was a moment there, might have been a minute or two where no one said anything. And he said, so you work at the Best Buy? And I said, yes, I've worked there for some years. Of course, a bit beneath me intellectually, you know, but it's fine in my dotage to keep me busy. And this is where things went a little south. And I blame Kyle for this because Kyle said... Doesn't that man work at the Best Buy who was in all the papers last year? Roger or Ricky or Randy or something? Uh-oh. I hadn't rehearsed this, and so yeah. I kind of lost the character, and I just said, Randy? You know Randy? And he said, I don't know Randy. And I said, well, do you know where he lives? And he said, well, obviously not. And I said, he lives off by, by, in that in the weird little new housing area. And I kind of got off on the Randy situation just because yeah, there's so much yeah. misinformation about Randy. And I just wanted to set the record straight. And he kept saying, well, I don't know Randy. And I kept saying, well, yeah, you don't know him. Because if you knew him, you'd know he's a liar. He's a cheat. I mean, he's one of my best friends, but he's also, he screwed me over. He snuck into my 
my house and hid in the walls. He sued us. He sued us. He sued Ted. He stole our Tesla. And I think that was when Kyle kind of really excitedly started talking to you again. He said, oh, I didn't know you had a Tesla. And, you know, it felt good to be able to look at beautiful Kyle in his chiseled face and say, yeah, I have a red Tesla. Yeah. It's currently being worked on. At the dump. Where it's being worked on. Because it was lit on fire by a bunch of fathers. Have you ever seen a fire arrow? I said, oh yeah, my ex-wife's new boyfriend slash maybe husband, I don't know if they got married or not, tried to hit me with a fire arrow and hit the Tesla and lit it on fire. And then Gerald said, I thought kind of snidely, he was like, oh, your ex-wife, is that Ted's stepmother too? And I set things very straight very quickly. I said, no, Gerald, you S of a B, you old so-and-so, you f***ing my ex-wife has I adopted Ted as the professor after I divorced her and, and she's it's a different timeline Gerald <sighs> yeah and Ted this is where things kind of really started to fall apart because when your dad said he's not really your new stepfather is he Ted you're just pretending for some reason I got kind of PO'd yeah I mean I think you know when your art is criticized it's hard it's hard when you put yourself out there. Yeah, it's hard for all of us. I mean, like, if we went to a production of Hamlet at the Globe Theater, imagine sure. if I stood up in the audience and I said, he's not really Hamlet, that's just Chimney Thalamay. I mean, do you think on the set of X-Men's, if someone came up to Sir Patrick Stewart and they said, you're not really Magneto, do you think he didn't throw a fire poker at them? And to be clear, I didn't throw the fire poker at your dad. I just kind of threw it. I wasn't really thinking. And it didn't even go anywhere near him. It went through the window. But wow, did they get you in a great hold pretty fast. They grabbed me pretty hard. And I think, and Ted, I loved how you pivoted. You're a better improviser than I am because you pivoted to being like, I'm so sorry. This is my friend Tim. He's having a really hard time right now. He used to play mother in the roof of a thing where he was held in a basement and we had to rescue him with a truck. And Dan Deacon died. Yeah, and Dan Deacon died. We've been through a lot. Together, we've been sued. We lived in a dumpster. He's the mayor of the town and also the king of Tesla Fest. I'm a wizard. Uh, there's so much to catch up on, but right now, I'm just grateful that you're all here. I said, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not really the professor. I'm not really his stepdad. Wink, wink. I'm Tim. And ever since, well, since I don't know when, my life has been in absolute chaos. <laughs> I have a son who hates me. I have a wife who hates me, an ex-wife. Um, her boyfriend hates me. His wife's cousin moved in. Oh, it turned gosh, out not Dennis. to be his cousin. Yeah. We tried to intercept their wedding. At which she ran off with what we thought was her um, thought was her and brother, her uncle was actually, uncle, her brother. So he's been through a lot, guys. And I was like, oh, and I've got two friends named Darby and Marvin. They're not my sons. <laughs> if you're Ben Kingsley, I'm Helen Mirren because I nailed it. Yeah, you did. The way your dad and and Kyle looked at each other, they were kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry, Tim. And they totally bought that I was Tim. Sometimes the ultimate performance we can do is as ourselves and then they were so kind to me they said don't worry about the window they said are you sure you want to wear that big heavy suit jacket you're wearing you must be hot and also don't stand so close to the fire because there were still feathers coming out of my pillow and they were catching on fire once we lay you down on the couch and gave you another coke you did that acting really well i really thought you needed to lie down i didn't i play it in 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 reality i was feeling perfect and really well but in pretend i was like i just need a minute to lie down because I'm really overwhelmed right now. And and you yeah, bought it, right? It was so good. You bought it. I was just like I bought it. I mean, gosh, Ted, the next little while was kind of dreamy. I was on the couch, we were all sitting around the fire. Your dad was 
can I just say, really nice? I think the years have softened him, you know, like a beach glass. He became less jagged and he became more of a, a gem made out of trash, if you know what I mean. Once I adopted my new role as myself, I was actually able to really enjoy having a conversation with Kyle. It was a lot less stressful. I was just like, tell me again about being a, a market analytic robot or whatever it is you are. And, and then, you know, and he was like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, do you know Kings of Leon? You know, they played at a billionaire celebration we went to once. And he was really excited about that. And I, gosh, Ted, it was kind of like, at that point, I almost forgot what the plan was. Well, yeah, I was just too busy catching up. You know, I, I think Gerald had a lot of explaining to do about sort of the way he had to learn to embrace his mistakes and live with them slash, you know, incorporate Kyle into his life. And once he'd done that, he realized what he'd lost in me. You know, that was really, I think, fascinating for me. We even talked about my mother. Briefly. Yep. It was just a really beautiful moment for me to fill him in. Like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur now. I think you'd be proud of what I've been able to achieve. Yeah. With the pressure that I've had around me, you know, and the sometimes you have to lose it all in order to see what you have and regain it. Yeah. You know, it teaches you, it teaches you a sort of fortitude and it says, Hey, no, this wasn't a fluke. This was your tenacity. This was your hard work. You did it twice. Yeah. You know, it's about you at that point, not about any luck of the market or trick of thinking it's actual, well, you know, your ideas stand up the way you handle yourself and the way you attract money really works. And I was like, wait, Gerald, Kyle, have you heard Tep Talk? Yeah. It's a tech podcast we do. We just kind of do the week's news gossip of information. And they were both like, wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah. And I was like, it is really cool. Yeah. Things were basically the best they've ever been in my life. And that was when Maveen showed up. I'm really grateful that I had that 40 minutes. Yeah, it was nice. By the fire with them before Ding Dong the witch is very much alive. Yeah, witch old witch, your stupid old aunt witch. And I want to just say, witch is not a criticism. She identifies as a witch. Yes, literally. I'm actually not convinced that Uncle Rodney isn't a homunculus. I mean, when he gives you a kiss on the cheek, it does feel like he's going to suck out your soul. Yeah, I guess I'd, in the intervening years, I just because of how different they are, I guess I'd forgotten that Maven is actually Gerald's sister. Yeah, this we didn't prepare for. It's like if Lady McBee was like, go K, Duncan. Yeah. And McBee's like, my lady. Yeah. Grabs a knife, heads off to Duncan. And then Duncan's like, surprise MF, it's me, Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. Just cuts him to pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So Aunt Maveen showed up and ruined everything and ruined she everything and ruined came everything. In like the head of a hundred year storm. She blasted she into that house. opened up. What are you doing here, Gerald? What are you doing? You think he can crawl back into his life without so much as an apology? I've been there for him in a way you never could. Oh my gosh, Maveen. Read the room. Chill, Chill oh my gosh. And you stink. She's like, what have you been telling him? Does he know about your double life, your triple life? How many lives have you had? Do you know how much of a number you did on this boy? And I said, Maveen, I'm sitting right here. And she said, I'm obviously not talking about you. What are you even doing here? I've never seen such an eye roll from anyone. No. I was like a Chinese dragon. And your dad was not as nice with her as he was with us. No. And, and hey, another thing in the corner of your dad, he knows a POS when he sees one, because he was like, Maveen, you're not invited to this dinner. She said, well, I can't stand by and watch you get this boy's hopes up again. I saw the way he, you treated him his whole childhood, and do you see what it did to him? Did he tell you what he does for work? And Gerald said, well, he's, you know, he said he's an entrepreneur. He says, he makes porn with his ex-wife. 
wife and her two boyfriends. At this point, I just walked in the corner with my rain stick like the end of Bewitch Project, and I just let it happen. Just let it happen. At that point, someone started honking outside. It turned out it was Uncle Rodney. He honked for a long time, and Gerald said, Gee, did, did you bring Rodney? And Maveen said, Well, he's my husband. And he said, Oh, well, you're telling me how to live my life. Meanwhile, you married that cheating POS. Whatever happened? He got tired of his 23-year-old? And she said, Well, just so you know, Rodney and I have worked on our relationship. And that was when Rodney came in and was like, What's up, Jerry? I gotta use the toilet. And went in the back. And then Maveen was like, who's this? Who's this man? And he said, well, this is my stepson. And she said, oh, my gosh, you're screwing up another one. And Kyle said, hey, don't. Gerald's been great for me. He's really been there through the hard times. I said, shout out Bronson and Stefan. Auntie Maveen said, did you tell him about what you did to Ted? And Kyle said, well, he told me that Ted had emotional issues as a kid. And he was trying to forgive Ted. And then Maveen said, forgive him. He was the one who did everything wrong. And then, uh, oh, Rodney came out and said, the toilet's clogged. Time compressed, because the next thing I remember, I was just sort of on Uncle Rodney's shoulder. He hoisted you pretty hard, yeah. Yeah, and I was sort of watching the living room disappear with the mm, rain. Yeah, a little pinhole. All I could do is really hold the rain stick and let it turn. At one point... I said, joke's on you, I'm not Tim, I'm the professor! And they didn't like that. And then no. and Kyle, oh geez, it kind of got a little confusing here because Maveen tried to grab you too. And yeah. was like, I'm taking him on with me. And your dad was like, he's having a good time. He can stay here. And yeah. you were just rain sticking. And then Rodney had grabbed you. You were, He was sort of trying to get out, but he couldn't get out the door with you on his shoulders. Shouldn't have taken me out sideways through the door. I know, he's, spatial awareness. I was sort of T-boned sideways in the door. I remember that at least. I was trying to build a bridge at this point, and I said, hey, Maveen, tell him about the Dan Morrison painting. Hmm. And that wasn't great. No. And then at a certain point, Kyle said, I think you should leave. Maveen said, you don't tell me to leave. I paid for this house. Kyle said, what, Dad? You told me that we bought this house with your money you had saved. And Maveen said, ha, ha, ha. I loaned him this money 15 years ago, and he's been living off of it ever since. Your dad said, that's not true. I make money too. Maybe he said, doing what? He said, fishing. She said, you haven't caught a fish in 15 years. Rodney said, would somebody help me turn Ted sideways and get him out this door? Yeah. And then Rodney got you outside. Everyone kind of ran outside. I grabbed the poker and everyone said, hey, Tim, put that down. I said, I'm the professor. I shaved Picasso's head for the first time. Yeah. And then, Ted, do you remember this part? Your dad sort of grabbed you. That's right. And he and Rodney sort of did a tug of war with you. I remember because it, it was warm. I was inside. And then I was bumped into the door. I remember that. And then someone helped get me sideways. And then it got cold, so I must have been outside. I just had that rain stick near my face. Oh, and then there was pressure from my foot. It must have been Gerald. Gerald grabbed your foot. Rodney had your shoulders. They were both kind of pulling. Gerald was saying, he's my son. I won't waste any more time. I'm trying to reconcile. Maveen said, you're just trying to make yourself feel better. You probably want something from him. He said, all I want is um, part of his life. Pull, pull, pull. And then, um, Ted, do you... Remember being wet? Oh. Because... Oh, I remember. I was hoping you maybe didn't remember that part. Um, no. Because uh, Gerald kind of pulled you away, finally, from Rodney, and then um, the momentum sort of propelled you... Off the jetty. Into the water. Right. See, I thought I was dreaming. No. That actually happened. Yeah. Right. Okay. So when I screamed, you're not my real dad, if you could ever do this to me, mom left because of you. 
that was real. That was real, right? But when I got pulled out and I started dancing on the jetty, that wasn't a memory of my childhood. Because I don't remember having a rain stick when I was a kid. You know, Ted, I have a hard time sometimes saying what's real and what's a dream, but I, I, it did happen, yes. <laughs> what an amazing prank! That's it for this week's show. A really lovely dinner. And, uh, I, you know, Ted, I, I was annoyed at Maybeen at first because I was like, oh, my gosh, we were in such a great place to do our joke reveal, our not, like in that beautiful moment around the fire where everything was pure, perfect and, and beautiful and time stood still. That would have been the perfect moment to say not. But I think you're right that actually if we just keep the joke going a little longer, we longer. can still jokingly pretend to forgive your father and even, like, build a relationship. And then it's going to be so funny when you're like, Nat. Nat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have been over to their house since to thank her as a joke. Yes, as sure. a joke. She did want to have a go of the rain stick. She wanted to make sure it wasn't cursed that you know she could get the energy. Yeah, off yeah it. right. Yeah. And we we played with the rain stick for a while. Her and I on the carpet. So yeah, I gotta say something about you, Patep Tim. Okay. You're my best friend, and the the reason I know this is because at the drop of an H, you will pull out for me the character of a century. And no matter what happens, even if a POS stagehand drops a bucket of filth on your head, the show will go on. The show must go on. Even if I'm the only audience member clapping in a sea of booze, for me, you will dance. For me, you will prance. And I'll never forget it to the day I D what you did for me tonight. Ted, I would do this and a hundred times more. And you know, we know this from Elon. Sometimes when you're up on stage and that stage is, is life, Sometimes you hear booze, but the reality is most people are clapping. You just can't hear them. Because woke. Well, folks, we'll see you next week, and we are going to be going deep on which of the iPhone cameras does which. I believe that one of them could be a portal. I think one of them looks inside your eye retina and sees if you're hot. Hot, hot buddy or a cold little popsicle. It's called the Dead Eye Lens. I think so too. All that and more on next week's Tep Talk. All right, bye everybody. Bye. Oh, so funny, Ted, that Kyle has a podcast. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. What is it called? Like uh, Kyle's uh, entrepreneur, like mine. Uh, coffee and uh, biz. Your, it's like talk, talk, the, talk the brand coffee. corner. Hot cup of business. Caffeine and calculations. The business. You know what corner. it is? It's the Kyle Steiner show. Yeah.